Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode number four. We're finally sitting down with the last OG, Kyle. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? Finally got you out here up to the mountain, right? Yeah, I only had to fill my gas tank once. <laughs> All right, so first, before we get uh, rolling into Kyle's life and his background and how we met and how we started CTG and all that. Um, I'm getting good reviews from everybody that's listened to the podcast so far. Um, with the last episode with Bobby, we got um, the mics. I can tell a little bit of a difference. Um, everybody's liked it so far. I think to me, Bobby sounded a little louder. I sounded a little softer, but we had them kind of in the same spots. Like they're the, they're lapel mics. So we just like to tell you what we're experimenting with as we're going through these first few episodes. Um, like I said, review, like, and share um, all of our stuff on all of our platforms. I know all of the um, the likes and ratings on all the podcast apps will help us a bunch. We already got a couple five stars on Apple, which I'm pumped about. Um, so let's get into it, Kyle. All right, let me get my little notepad back. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'll give you your little cheat sheet, and I'll keep my cheat sheet. I want to go off script here. Just rough outline. You can kind of go with it how you want to. So um, so the first few years pretty much go from, like, birth kind of to elementary. You don't – we don't have to say, you know, names, schools, anything you don't want to, especially later once you get – once you get in with the sheriff's office and doing Marine Corps stuff and all that. Um, so yeah, from the top, man. All right, man. Um, yeah. Born in a town no one's heard of in New York. We stayed there for like three months and then realized it was a pretty sketchy house from like the 1700s and was haunted. So that first move took us to North Conway in New Hampshire Another town most of you probably haven't heard of, but small ski town, middle of New Hampshire, closest thing you'd know would be Mount Washington. That took me pretty much to 18, um, just hiking, skiing, hanging out in the snow. If you didn't do something outside, you pretty much got in trouble, same as Bobby. Um, so grew up snowboarding, skiing, hiking. Um, Small, small town, small school. After that, high school took me to Maine, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Dad worked in the paper mills, so all that sulfur smell you smell when you drive past a pulp mill. That's my dad. Uh, Once the mills closed down, he stayed on with the same company for like 30 years before he retired. Mom was a realtor. Um, brother's two years older than me he's a merchant marine Um, grandpa was in the army retired as a colonel Um, he was in the nurse corps in Vietnam and all that so that what that kind of drove me towards the service side but honestly couldn't tell you where the Marine Corps got into my head but once it got in my head it was stuck I think the first memory I have of wanting to be a Marine started in third grade. I had a close friend, Max, was talking about joining the Navy, and I said, look, man, I'm going to be a Marine. You join the Navy, I'll join the Marine Corps. So how did you already have that in your head where you're just like, I want to do the badass shit. I'm going to go 
Dude. Be a Marine. I mean, because I feel like with us growing up, we're just like, we're going to go in the forest and play soldiers. Or, you know, like we didn't, we weren't really dialed in and comprehending what the different branches were or anything like that. Honestly, man. Especially I, I, with <laughs> the only, especially with the only influence, well, the only military influence was Army. Yeah. Um, if I knew, I'd tell you, man. I just, <laughs> I just got this idea of the Marines so there, are the best, and I want to be one, like, why, why would you want to be anything else if right. the Marines are the best? And that just got stuck in my head, and I just got fixated on it for yeah. the rest of my life. It's yeah. like, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to keep trying until I do it. So there wasn't like, there wasn't like a I, movie. You saw one of the like the old school posters. Like we didn't promise you a rose garden. Like some of the, yeah, I I'd love to tell you that I was watching TV and I saw that motor, or the one with the dragon. That, yeah, the, the dragon slayer, with his, the motivator <laughs> with a sword slaying the fire dragon, and I was like, that's gonna be me. But like, I still think that's the best recruiting commercial of all time. Oh, yeah. It's super corny. <laughs> oh, but it's like, fantastic. And it's the biggest lie ever. Like, <laughs> like, be a Marine Corps officer and you'll slay the dragon. It's like, no, be a Marine Corps officer and you'll, like, do paperwork while, like, six Lance Corporals get drunk and, like, slay the dragon. Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah, a different... DUI on their way home from slaying the dragon. Yeah, a different kind of dragon. And then you can do more paperwork about that. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I was... So that was in third grade. So you already knew... In elementary school, you were like Marine Corps. Yeah, it was like Cran and marker fights when the teacher wasn't looking, and then like <laughs> I'm gonna be a Marine. So it was kind of yeah. Those were like my two goals as far as like learning goes in school. I wasn't great at it, but it was like we'll throw crayons at each other until class is over, and then <laughs> talk about being in the Marine Corps. All right, so through elementary school, how about um, I always bring up sports. And I'll explain why if you were ever if you got where get, or was it just all outdoorsy stuff or did you did you play ball? No, so it was um, like flag football until like fifth grade, and then <coughs> we were too small to have a football team. I played baseball until sixth grade. Uh, once we hit sixth grade, it was we started a lacrosse program in my town, and I was a one sport athlete from that point on. Okay. Um, so grade school, all through high school, I played lacrosse and that was about it. I mean, that's a good team sport too. Oh yeah. I mean, it's anyone that knows anything about lacrosse. I was yeah. a goalie. So yeah, I always, um, I always like to ask people about the, about the sports and then the family background. Cause since we were just talking about Marine Corps, um, I had this discussion with one of our OSOs in Columbia where people that are Marines or that are that want to become Marines or in the DEP or in the OSO program, if usually, not always, but if you got somebody that played team sports, they're gonna be a better Marine. Except for the Jags. They that's just, well that's <laughs> that's a whole other are they actually Marine? Uh, hey, we had Man, we, I mean, I don't know. Stuff. I mean, you went to. I mean, you were at Quantico with him. I, I was yeah. obviously never with him. Dude, but we had some stud jags in my TBS yeah. class, but that's just one and right, one in three hundred. Right. So. But well, yeah, he was a stud. Yeah, I mean, I just always bring that up because, like, you you know, usually, like, you're hard headed jocks. 
I mean, we're not really known for brains, but like football players, rugby players, like they're already like used to the suck for volunteering sport for volunteer sports, and then when they got to do what they got to do for the Marine Corps, you know, from from boot or OCS up, they're just a little tougher. Yeah. Also, with people we deal with on the street now. Now, I mean, athletes always get in trouble, and I think, I don't know, maybe with our parents and grandparents, it was a little different to where the athletes were probably held to a higher standard than they are now. And um, because most problem kids or young adults that we deal with as deputies, they're usually not involved in team sports or something's missing in their family. So yeah. that's, that's, that's why I kind of always bring that up because they, you know, oh, they're not going to class. Were they doing any extra extracurricular activities? No. It's like, oh, well, he's really smart when he applies himself. It's like, well, so-and-so isn't challenging themselves, so they're going to fall yeah. off. I mean, it's a mess now, man. With everybody working from home and yeah. taking classes from home, there's – I'd be a deadbeat right now if I had to, if I took classes solely from home where you're self motivated the whole yeah. time. Like, what's what's your teacher yeah. gonna do if you don't go to class? You just shut your laptop and she can't say anything. Right. I would have failed out of high school. Yeah. For sure, <laughs> yeah. Like the way they do it, I'm just like, I don't know. Some of the stuff on the computer, doing stuff on the computers, it's just, it's not as, uh, the accountability is just not, not there. Yeah. I think, and I think that's what all this is. If you got a good core family. And, and you're playing in team sports and you got a good head on your shoulders, I think that that discipline is there. Oh, I mean, my family for sure set me up for success. My dad, super hardworking. My yeah. mom's the same. Yeah. And so, I mean, they they set yeah. me up for sure. Yeah, I can vouch for that. I remember when I first met him, it, I think the first time I met him was at your commissioning. And I was like, geez. I was like, I was kind of impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, how yeah. the... How the fuck did they make Kyle? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, my I, dude, I don't know where my dad's brains ended up, but it wasn't in me and my brother. <laughs> if you're listening, Jason, I'm sorry, but we both know we're not the smartest two people in the world. <laughs> but yeah, that's so that was where are we at grade elementary school. Yeah, kind of through elementary. Um, Middle school was the same thing. So when did lacrosse way. start up? Sixth grade. So okay, we, so we, we started the program in my hometown, mm-hmm. and. I just kind of like, our coach was just like, hey, you're going to be a goalie. I was like, I don't, I, don't really, I don't really know what that means, but Ooh. all right. And then like hands me all these extra pads. I was like, what? And that's nope. with the, like the stupid big net? The, the... Yeah. Okay. I was like, nobody else is wearing these extra pads. Why do I need them? And then. <laughs> you're about to find out. And then he showed me what a <laughs> lacrosse ball was because I had never played in my life. And it's, for those of you who haven't held one, it's like picture a baseball but a little bit smaller and it's made out of like dense rubber and it was basically especially at the sixth grade level because i had no idea how to play it was basically just my job to stand there and get hit with it so that was my team sport basically all the way up until i left to go to college but so through middle school and high school lacrosse all the way yeah your average would you say your average student That'd be generous, but yeah, we'll say we'll say. Average. I mean, we all have good years. We all have good years and bad years. Or if you sucked at a certain math, or you had a yeah, so, a certain science or something. So, 
I mean, middle school was easy enough. It was middle school. But going on to high school, uh, my hometown high school was not good, and the lacrosse program was trash. So, <laughs> I mean, how big, how big was your high school? In my hometown or the one I went to? The one you went to. The one I went to was, so I went to a private school in Maine, and I mean, eighth grade through seniors was 300 people tops. Mm. So, I mean, I graduated with 27. Okay. Yeah. So, super small school. So, we didn't have enough for hockey. We didn't have enough for football. Basically, Mm -hmm. you get soccer in the fall and lacrosse in the spring, and then everyone was there because they skied. So... Half days, four days a week in the wintertime, and your winter sport was skiing, snowboarding, or basketball. So how was that training and doing sports, like, in the winter up there? Because me and Bobby can't comprehend what a, a northeastern winter is like. But I, mean, yeah. but, I mean, that's all you knew, so yeah. was it even a thing for you back then? You're just like, damn, it's just cold and... I mean, what we're doing. It's it's cold, but you get used to it because you. I mean, I grew up in it, so. Yeah. But we had an indoor weight room. We had a field house, so we would play indoor lacrosse in the winter time. But it's on tennis courts, and mm-hmm. you use. They're called dead balls, so they don't bounce. Okay. So. Basically, for me, instead of the ball hitting me and bouncing off. It hits you and transfers all the momentum into mm. whatever part of your body it hits. Right. So winter lacrosse was not my favorite. But okay, so and then we had a turf lacrosse field. So once it got passably warm, like twenty degrees or warmer, yeah, um, we would shovel the field before practice and play outside. Jeez. Ugh. And then and now we're down here where. Hey, it might snow. Shut down everything. Yeah. And I've, I've been down here for too long, so I get cold when it's 40 degrees out like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think I, uh, I start getting cold at 59. So once it blows, <laughs> it goes below 60, <laughs> I, start, I start putting on layers. All right, so your attraction to service was to this point was all Marine Corps, right? Yeah. You weren't thinking about anything first responder related? No, up until like, I mean, until I applied to be a sheriff's deputy. Like if you had asked me in high school or college. Yeah, I was the same. Like the cops are the people that you run from, (laughs) not your career. Right. But. Right. So were you getting... What were you doing to get, did you know you were going to go to college? I was on the fence up until, I would say 17. There there goes Apollo again. Sorry, guys. Bobby's here to bring us beer. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I was on the fence until I went to college. So mm. we had the typical, like, motivated recruiter visit. Like, dude shows up in his dress blues and shit and comes and talks to your parents when you're 17. And I okay, felt... Yeah. I felt... Yeah, to enlist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I felt bad for the dude because it was, like, 9 o'clock at night on, like, a Friday. And the nearest recruiting office was, like, an hour and a half away. Mm. So this dude drove all the way down to bumfuck New Hampshire in the middle of the night. 
We had our big meeting. We talked about it for a couple of weeks. And my parents, I made a deal with my parents. They said, try it for a, try college for a year. And if you don't want to stay, you can drop out. And okay. So was this like your junior year? I think it was the summer between junior and senior year. Okay. So what, about what year was that? 2009, 2010. Okay. So I graduated in 2010. Okay. All right. So before you make the college decision, let's kind of rewind. There's one thing I missed. 9-11. Where were you? Do you remember where you were? In elementary school, yeah. either third or fourth grade. Yeah, you're a little, yeah, because you're a little behind me and Bobby. Yeah, but I remember we were having our usual marker and crayon fight <laughs> while Miss Sherwood had her back turned, and then somebody came and knocked on the classroom door, and a good buddy of mine um, ended up joining the army, and now he he runs like a basically a like a charity for veterans they do like the silky hikes and stuff yeah um i can't like all the vet tv guys and stuff always marching around all over the place yeah it's a i mean they do good stuff though it's like they bring all the veterans in the community together and they do a hike to raise money for like suicide awareness stuff like that but his dad at the time was a pilot so i remember them coming into the classroom and pulling him out because they like at this time they just knew two planes hit the buildings they mm-hmm. didn't know who was flying them or anything and his dad was flying that day but beyond that they didn't tell us really anything until we got like my parents told me when I got home but yeah same being in third grade you don't really like you guys were saying when you were talking to Bobby you don't really comprehend what's <coughs> going on until a few years later yeah so when you got real quick yeah fine good so when you got home and you started seeing the videos and stuff though was there any like visceral fucking feeling was it that like was it there yet because for me and bobby it was it was there because we knew just enough and i mean i think like if it was i picked it up off my parents Cause, I mean, right, you're just a reflection you're, of their... You're in third grade, right. you're what, eight? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, <clears throat> shit, I got boots now in my unit that were not born. Yes, yes. Which is amazing to me. Yes, yeah, so we have Marines and people that we arrest. <laughs> well, I don't want to say arrest, that we interact with yeah. in, our, in our sheriff's office jobs that weren't even born. Yeah, which is... Um, just it's just bizarre like they're born and they've lived their entire life whether they realize the fact or not where the country's fighting a war based on an event that occurred before they were born yeah it's definitely a different kind of dynamic that would definitely be interesting to maybe get somebody we can sit down and talk to somebody to where you know somebody that's actually in doing some shit but went in yeah. after 2001, or, you know, was born after 2001. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I always, I always like to hit on the 9-11 because we're just old enough where it can impact us. 
And um, I mean, I know we have some some older service members, not to judge them or anything, that we'll probably get on here and it'll be a little different. Because I think, like, my dad, hell, I can't even remember where my dad was. Yeah, I mean, my I mean, first... He was still he was still active. I already had cousins that were in. Yeah, my first platoon sergeant was in. All the captains that taught us at the infantry officers course, most of them were in when yeah. when it happened. So they're still around. Yeah, but we're doing our best, I guess. Yeah, because we're getting just... we're getting close to twenty. So a lot of those people are. Yeah, if they're just doing their twenty and bouncing, and the ones that aren't got forced out because they got sleeve tattoos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole that's, other. Yeah, that's another day. We yeah, that's another thing. Um. <clears throat> all right, so fast forward, we're looking at junior year. You're like, I don't know if I want to enlist. You still wanted to be a marine. Um, the parents. I feel like I feel like for most people the parents are still dictating a lot. If you're on the fence with college, there because I know I was dictated by my dad um, to to go to USC because USC wasn't even my top pick, even though being a native and my dad was alumni and um, so so that was the deal. So try one year, then you can enlist. Yeah. So, start applying, and I mean, I. What was your what was your applying to college thought process like? I mean, I'm, there there can't be that many in-state colleges in New so Hampshire. My goal was to not go to college in New Hampshire, because. Okay. So you knew you wanted to. You've got branch like, out or. Yeah, you've got like UNH, and that's where basically everyone in my hometown goes to college. And just, I didn't want to do that. So, I didn't. I hadn't been researching at all because I wasn't planning on going. So I went to our college counselor, and I just like picked six. So I ended up applying to Boulder, Duke, UNC. So Boulder, so Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Duke and UNC. Those I pretty much knew I wasn't going to get in because okay. my GPA was like yeah. Real, real. Yeah, low. the standard's a little higher for. Yeah, and then the Citadel, Norwich, and University of South Carolina, and I think University of North Florida. So I just like closed my eyes and wow. threw darts at the country and just like. <laughs> yeah, that's more. That's more spread out than mine. Mine was pretty all still southeast, and then USC was my only in-state. That was kind of, I guess, where we're similar right there. We're. When I told people I only applied to one in-state college, they were like, "What? Why would you do that?" Like, I'm a Clemson fan, and I still applied there. Or my dad went to the Citadel, and I still applied to this one. And I was like, "I was like, that's just not what I want to do." Yeah. But I mean, yours was even even more more random. So, Citadel's obviously the the military college of South Carolina. Um, Norwich. I'm not really familiar with Norwich. Like, pick up the Citadel uh-huh. and put it in the middle of the fucking woods in Vermont. Ah, that's it's in Nor- Vermont. That's Norwich. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, okay. middle of nowhere, yeah. Vermont. Some of the only smaller ones, like, 
kind of just the ones around here. Um, Georgia Military, and that's that's junior college. That's JUCO. They're they're pretty much just they just pump out athletes, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, and then the Citadel, which surprisingly was never on my uh, radar. And then I had a cousin that went to VMI, Virginia Military Institute, and those are rivals. Yeah. So I ended up, I got into Norwich. They offered me like a partial lacrosse scholarship. It was like $14,000 or something. But hmm. I talked to my coach about it because he played D1 for Dartmouth. Mm. Talked to him about it, and he said, do not go there to play lacrosse. Apologies if there's any Norwich lacrosse players listening. <laughs> <I> cannot, <laughs> it's a pretty small I group. I cannot imagine. <laughs> Maybe down but, the road somebody might listen back. but <laughs> yeah, They were in like yeah. a rebuilding year because like half their team got kicked out, I guess, for like hazing incidents and stuff like that. So it was just not. Oh, hazing in a military school. No way. Yeah, just yeah. not a place I wanted to go play. Um, Citadel had a club team. Talked to some of their players when I was there, but. He was like, yeah, you could be like our first scholarship player. We could give you like $500. Because at this time, I I got declined for the Naval Scholarship, which is similar to your Air Force situation. But Okay, so that was to go into a Naval ROTC program at, at just whichever any, school. Okay. Yeah. So got declined for that. that did, was they give, did they give you a reason why? GPA. Okay, yeah. My GPA was absolute trash. I gotcha. So, and at this point, it's like the drawdown. So, like, yeah, scholarships are few and far, bet- far right. between. So, so we're probably looking at the same timeline of when I didn't get your uh, Air Force one. Well, I had the scholarship, but then I didn't get selected again to go to OTS, even though I was already on a full ride. Right. So, that was my first attempt at. Getting on track to be a Marine. Okay. That was my that so, was my first no. Okay. There How did you take that then? I was I was fine. I was seventeen, so I didn't Yeah. Seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. So it was what it was. Um so <clears throat> looking the looking at the Citadel, I did a pre knob visit there and I just I took a surprisingly mature step back as a 17, 18 year old kid. I looked at the price, first of all, if you're not on scholarship, for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know, it's like 50 grand a year. Mm-hmm. I'm Wesley's dad and brother, my fiance, Wesley's dad and brother both went there. So if you're listening, sorry for bashing your school. <laughs> but $50,000 a year, did my pre nod visit with two kids, and I was like, why? the fuck would I want to spend four years of my life like this? Because it's not like, hazing in the Marine Corps, first of all, is at least partially directed. And also a whole nother podcast because I I was at boot camp for some wild shit. Yeah, Yeah, for some wild shit. So there's a difference between we're saying hazing, but we'll call it directed Training reinforcement. Yeah, like incentive in, training. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my office officerly term for the day. We'll <laughs> call it incentive training. And you're getting it from someone who you at, at least have an iota of respect for. Like OCS, you're getting you're getting blasted by staff sergeants, gunnery sergeants who have at least been there. Right. IOC and TBS, their captains who when I was there had all been to war 
like several times. So you can take it with a grain of salt because they know what they're talking about. Right. You go to the Citadel, the kid's like a year older than you. And like he just happened to have been at the Citadel for like a year longer than you. And that kid's going to like jam splinters under your fingernails and shit. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've heard some stories. Looked at that, said, fuck that. I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. That was, um, was kind of, that was actually along the same lines for me. I had heard about the hazing and I was like, I was like, well, wait, who's doing said hazing or said training? They're like, oh, uh, you know, your classmates. They're yeah, just, a couple just years like some kid. And I was like, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And like, I was very, I was very familiar with the ROTC program because my dad, I, I think I forgot to mention this, he was the commandant of cadets at Carolina for a few years. So I was already, I was, I was very Air Force indoctrinated. Uh, from start to finish. So that's the Citadel's out at that point. The pre knob visit kind of solidified that. Did you go out to Colorado? No, I didn't get into Colorado. Um, so you didn't even do the visit. I mean, that's kind of a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah, didn't even bother. Most of my schools were at least <coughs> close enough that we did like a little tour okay. of all the ones I got into. So everything on the East Coast that was over here. Yeah, Duke and UNC were beautiful, awesome. Yep. Wasn't good enough to play lacrosse there. Didn't get in anyway. Yeah, they're like always in the um, playoffs and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, like high level D1. Right. But didn't get in. Ended up getting into South Carolina, the Citadel, and Norwich. Made the decision after my pre-nob at the Citadel that I didn't want to do a military school, so mm -hmm. ended up at USC. Yeah, I think another thing I noticed, and I noticed this pretty early, um, if you went to a military school or even individuals that I still know now that were on full-ride ROTC scholarships you know, in different different branches too, they um, they got burnt out um, for whatever reason. I mean, kind of looking at it on its face, you would say that's kind of soft. It's like, well, you're just doing ROTC or you're just doing it in an academic setting. It's not like it's not like you enlisted in the Marine Corps and you know do a year of training and you're in and you're in war that fast. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but the burnout is there. Like I've like I've seen it. Like they don't. Everybody I know. Not it. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people I know that either went to military schools, and or ROTC scholarships, are not even in anymore. They didn't do. They're not on pace, or well, they never will be because they they got out to do their you know quote unquote full twenty. Right. And I mean, I would I would make the argument too that. The military academies don't put out officers that are any better than kids coming out of normal college. You're going to be a good officer or you're going to be a bad officer. Going to the Naval Academy isn't going to fix that. I've met some phenomenal, right. phenomenal officers that are academy graduates, and I've met some terrible ones. So I think it's more your general attitude, how you interact with people. If you think you're better than someone, which happens with some of the academy people, you're going to be a shitty officer. Right. Because some corporal who's been there, done that, when you're just coming out of the schoolhouse, isn't going to give a fuck that you went to the Naval Academy. Right. But that's another conversation <coughs> for another yeah. day. Yeah. Um, um, so end up at USC, 
start off it's called a college program where the kids that aren't on scholarship that are in ROTC. So you signed up for ROT Naval ROTC immediately. Marine like option, yeah. Naval ROTC Marine, option, marine okay. option before I had even been to school. So we came, we showed up like you a kind of week. reporterly. It's kind of similar to uh, like there was people that would do rush for Greek life and then there was all the military kids. Because I think we had to do, we did yeah. the same. All the branches did the same thing when I went through a couple years before that. Yeah, so you show up like a weekend early or something and they just fuck with you for a couple of days. It's like their little, I don't know, like pretend boot camp for yeah. like two days. Yeah, like yeah. we had like full scholarship kids just like run away. Yep. Like, dude, first of all, where'd his scholarship go? Because I'll take it. Second yeah. of all, you've been here for like seven hours and they just like, yeah, not even like I want to drop. They just ran away. Like, in the middle of the night, they just left. Like, <laughs> like no one's going to stop you, man. Just, what? like, just like tell them you're done and leave. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, they just, like, bounced. It's like, like, dude, you've been, like, you've been here for a day, and you're turning down a full four-year scholarship. Yeah. And in, in full, military full rides are sweet. Like yeah. from uh, some people I knew that were on scholarship for they were on athletic scholarships. Like the the military full ride was better than the athletic full ride. Yeah, and I've known I've known people like three years in when they got a better idea of what their responsibilities were going to be. They were like, "It's not for me. I don't think I'd be a good officer, and I think I'd be doing a disservice to the Marine Corps if I continued." Right. I have I got respect for that because. That particular dude has to pay back over eighty thousand dollars worth of that scholarship. So for those of you that don't understand how it works, if you don't finish your dedicated three, four years of service that they're getting out of you for this scholarship, you have to pay it back. Right. I did not have to do that for my one year. That's good. So. So yeah, end up. Yeah, lucky there. End up in ROTC for a year apply for the scholarship again because after your first year you can apply again same thing i think like the did you have to apply yourself or did like your commander do that it was a mixed bag like you apply and the okay. commander submits it up yeah i think i think mine was just like hey do you want to reapply yes cool and then i never heard of it again and then there was like some random announcement and they're like hey i got to pick one slot who i thought was the best cadet and it's commander discretion and then I got it yeah it's not commander discretion <laughs> it's yeah. every like it's basically broken up into regions I think the southeast had like two so compared to like two for the southeast for the, like all the colleges wow so we had one dude at USC that got it he was a perfect fitness test score mm -hmm. like a 4.0 GPA and a was still the bunch same then, of extracurriculars. He has still three-mile pull-up sit-ups. Yeah. So he's the only one that got it. After another half year, they were like, look, you're not going to get it. So I said, why the fuck am I going to continue doing this if I'm, if it's not going to get me to my right. end goal? Right. Same. So that was the second time I got the no. Mm -hmm. So I talked to... So this is after... This is what is this the end this or beginning of sophomore year? Beginning of sophomore year. Okay, I got so I continued on with then. the program for like another half year. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so just another semester or whatever. Yeah, another you know, semester. Naval ROTC 202 or whatever. Yeah. So I spoke to the captain in charge. I was like, look, I'm not, this isn't getting me to my end goal. I'm, there's no reason for me to continue being here. He was like, I get it. Here's the, gave me the business card for the OSO. So I went down there and talked to him and he said, we'll put you in for, I believe the first one I applied for was the PLC program. Mm -hmm. It's like platoon leaders course. Mm -hmm. So with that one, you go to two. I you believe go, you go to like to a, you went to like a mini like, OCS every summer before. So you, you go, actually went went. Yeah, you go junior year summer for like it's either eight or ten. Yeah, it's PLC juniors, PLC, PLC seniors. seniors. Yeah, so you go. Did for you like, do both of those? I applied, but no. So applied for PLC. Shit. Applied for the two <clears throat> two summer PLC. Mm-hmm. Didn't get that. I think I applied for that twice. Didn't get that either time. Hmm. Applied for the single summer PLC, which is you go 13 weeks directly following your senior year. And then got declined for that. Applied after graduation for OCC, which is Officer Candidates course, which is one block of 13 weeks. and or thir Yeah, 13 weeks after you've already graduated. So you're done with college and you're just, mm -hmm. I've like fucked off to the keys for like six months. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so talking to my recruiter, um, after five applications got so the big no. What year did you graduate Carolina? Was that 15? 2014 and a half. Okay, so I was supposed to graduate. We were all we were all December grads. Yeah, so I was a December grad, but graduate in December. Yeah, so you and Bobby graduated together then. Yeah, so yeah, y'all were both December fourteen. Yeah, so graduate. Okay. End up just like I had gotten my dive masters through SSI throughout college. Okay. And we can talk about diving another time because that's. A lot to talk what's, about. What's SSI? Just so Scuba Schools International. So okay. you've got like NAWI, like National Association of Underwater Instructors. I think is mm -hmm. one certification group. Mm -hmm. I did my basic with them. You've got PADI. That's a lot of your recreational dudes do that. And then Watery Dive Center. That's my little shout out. Mm -hmm. Took <laughs> me took me advanced through Dive Master and their Scuba Schools International. Okay. They do a lot of tech diving stuff, things like that. Okay, so up to graduation, how many how many uh, failed attempts are we looking at by now? I honestly didn't. I went by years, not by attempts. So I attempted four, five years with multiple attempts per year. Okay. I I didn't count. Right. I just I just told my recruiter put me just put me in for every board and maybe right. we'll get one eventually. Right. So, so you had like like a series of I mean basically back to back speed bumps. Yeah, pretty much did all. Did it get Did they start weighing heavier? Um as they went and you were like, "Fuck, man. Like what's going on?" It got frustrating, but I mean it was self-induced. Like, Kay. I'm the one with the shitty grades, so it's my fault. Right. So I'm not going to get frustrated at someone else because I fucked right. off in class. Mm -hmm. um, so multiple attempts, continued failures. 
But this uh, whole but this whole time you were still blinders on Marine Corps OCS. Oh, I'm gonna, I was, I'm gonna fucking keep grinding. Yeah, I mean I was still doing it. It just took a little detour to yeah South Florida. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, besides that, besides that detour, it, like I was trying to, I was kind of, uh, I was, I gave him and Bobby kind of an outline of the directions we want to go with some of these when we're kind of sitting down and. All three of us had hurdles to fucking get through, and that's what I wanted wanted to highlight. I didn't even know you had that many. I mean, quote unquote oh, failures. Yeah. By the time yeah, we met, I didn't even know it was that many. I just thought it was it? the one ROTC, and that was it. Oh no! By the time we met, what was it? Your senior year, my junior year, Arabic one hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a, yeah that was a major requirement. I think for both of us. What was your major anyway? Criminal justice eventually. Okay, so criminal, started marine criminal science, ju- but yeah, and that's one that like justice. everybody always kind of starts to do like, oh, that'll be cool, marine science. So I did. I was A's and B's cross like in all my actual marine science classes, A's and B's, uh-huh. and then like just astoundingly low F's in all my math classes. <laughs> like yes, I'm bad, talking bad like, at math, like me. <laughs> I'm talking like 30s and 40s on Woo! tests. It was bad. What kind of maths were they? Like, were they calculus? So you had to take through like calculus two. Oof. I don't think I made it through pre-calc. Calculus is not math. Calculus is yeah. is, is calculus. And it, I, I'm terrible at math. I take full responsibility for failing the classes. <laughs> it did not help though that all the pre-calcs at most colleges are taught by grad students, most of which are, are non-English first language speaking. Which does not make it easier. Correct. The, the math department was, there was, it, I think I ran into only one professor that was quote unquote American with like, you know, Anglo Saxon, no accent. Like yeah. everybody else was Chinese, Russian. Yeah. I mean, Pick it was, your Eastern Bloc country. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, I think by the time we met in Arabic class, which I remember how to say like Nothing. hello and chicken. Yeah. Chicken was dijaj because that was that was that was our answer for everything. Yeah, that was the joke, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It didn't help but that we were like across the room from each other, like just constantly fucking just, with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I failed dijaj class as well, but. <laughs> Um, the head of the Arabic department came back from sabbatical and like ominous dominus all of our grades up to like passing because our teacher was just, she was, I'm going to try to put it PC. She was a bit touched. She was not a good teacher. Yeah. She was. Yeah. But just cause, cause I mean, it would just be like us, like just cause I've just because I'm English speaking doesn't mean that I would be able to go somewhere and teach it to somebody properly. Exactly. She was just she would just like write it on the board and be like, yeah. "This is like you're learning an entirely different alphabet, reading right. from right to left, it's not Latin based. It's no. it, it's rough." What was what was her saying? I don't she had a, that first one we had. She had a certain saying. I've done my best. She's like, forget. "Am I am I asking impossible?" Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> she was terrible though. But yeah. sidetrack. By the time we met. I think I was at like I was definitely double digits for failed applications. Holy shit! So so then this double digit 
this double digit failure talked me into yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck the Air Force, dude. You should come to the recruiting station. Yeah, bro. That was. I didn't know you were slow as shit when I told you that. I yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Bother. Yeah, yeah. No, not fast. Not a. I can go forever, but I'm not gonna get there quick. Train as hard as I can, man. I'm. I'm trying to hit that 28 minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's no, something... it was bad because I could train. I could train because I ran. At cross country and track, I was not good at cross country, obviously, but like track, I was decent. So I could train, I could train for a quick mile. You just can't but stretch it out for three. Everything after that is not happening. Yeah, I don't know. For those of you that don't know, there's something about the Marine Corps that if you if you can't run like a sub twenty one minute three mile, it's just apparently you're not a good leader. So yeah. Yeah. So that's well, a big I mean, part of it's more than just the Marine Corps, but Yeah. If you can't run fast, yeah. you're probably let's not let's do just well. say so when I was going through that process and I was doing all that training and I had I had all this OCS failure in my head between Kyle and myself when I had finally made the decision, you know, when I walked walked out of that warehouse and went and talked to the OSO at the time, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna enlist. I need to do something. You know, maybe maybe I'll magically get faster if I go to Paris Island and get my <laughs> shit pushed in. No, nope, you'll just get shin splints nope. and yes. cellulitis. Yes, 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 and ra- and rhabdo. <laughs> yeah. So well, you got um, rhabdo because you're soft. Yeah, I just didn't drink enough Gatorade or have enough salt packets. Oh, dude, or, Gatorade slushies every night. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I got talked into it after all of our, after all of our failures. But what I was getting to that was, I have all this Oso knowledge in my head when I went to boot, and I think the, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's still the same. It's still 300 points for the three events, but then like the yeah. the the numbers are higher now. So yeah, it's, it's, it's more pull ups, more. And we got for some my, different we got some different variants now too where they count push ups or planks or so for my age bracket it's twenty three pull ups right. now. Yep. Hundred fifteen crunches. Mm-hmm. Still eighteen. So before minutes, it was always like twenty, a hundred yeah. Yeah. Twenty, hundred and then the whatever the t- the running time scale was. Eighteen so, twenty eight minutes. I was being told at the time they're like, Hey, if you can't get a score of I think the average for the year I was looking at go the average. This is the average was two eighty eight. Yeah, if they said if you couldn't get two eighty five, don't bother applying. Right. So I was third bat Lima Company on Paris Island. The oh, you're such a motivator. The guy with the best score did not get a two eighty eight, and that's an that's a that's a young that's that's a, you know a young enlisted man. That's a you know, a PFC probably, you know, you pick up Lance like six months after hitting the fleet. Yeah. But nobody in an entire company, in a very motivated company of that, I mean, well, I mean, we're known as the hardest over there, the hardest at boot camp, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. You can't see what I'm doing. Like <laughs> making, a jer- making a jerking off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. Um, I mean, they really blow it up, and I, and I. The only reason I think that is is because of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. But. Um, anyway, nobody in a full company was even getting the average for other young men going to OCS. So. Yeah, perspective. I ran a 
at the end of OCS, because I went to OCS a little bit slow, because I've been drinking margaritas and fucking off on the beach for six yeah. months. But well, then you went from a college town and then to Key West. It's like yeah, and then back to a college town before <laughs> OCS. So, yeah, but I mean, we were in good shape then. We were we were rucking together and we were yeah. doing some some wild workouts, and but we're still going out though. But yeah, end of OCS, I ran probably my fastest three mile was like a nineteen thirty. And I was bottom bottom of the class. Yeah. Like lower tier in yeah. the class for running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My roommate at the basic school ran sub sixteen minute three miles. Which is which is unheard of. It's it's blazing. It's blazing fast. Like he would I'd be at like a mile and a half or I'd be at like so a mile fast. in and he'd pass me on his way yeah. back. Like he was a rabbit though, for sure. Yeah. But But anyway. usually but then usually the rabbits aren't good at rucking though. Was he good at rucking too? He did alright. Yeah. yeah. Usually but you got one or the other. He wasn't great at pull-ups. Hmm. But, yeah, so end up in the Keys, still going through the Columbia, South Carolina, Oso, because, I mean, I've been with him for five years, so we were yep. well-versed with each other. But gives me a call when I'm on my <coughs> way home from the little state park. I worked in their scuba shop, well, snorkel shop. I don't think they had dive gear there. But gives me a call. He's like, look, man. It's been five years. I could get you a flight contract if you pass the flight test. And I mean, I know myself, I'm not going to pass the math Did, on the flight um, test. In that time frame, the Navy released a new flight test. Or did you take that before you went? I never took the flight test. Okay. It's, there, was, there was a new one. We're looking at 13, 13 14, 15 time frame. So it was probably out by then. And I remember, uh, I remember taking it, and uh, I think it was still the original Oso officer was still there. That first one that I had. I don't know if there was somebody before. Not him. Captain Diders. No, it was that horrible. dude was hard as woodpecker lip. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like fifty something yeah, year old captain with like multiple knee reconstructions, yeah, and he's, he's running like seventeen minutes miles. He's still in. I don't know. I I could look him up, but oh jeez, yeah, no, he was a yeah, he was a monster. If that dude couldn't get me to run fast, there was no hope. Yeah, really. But yeah, get a get a phone call from him. He says I can get you a flight contract if you can pass the test. And I t I told him I was like I'm not gonna pass the test. No, I could take it a dozen times and it's just not my brain just doesn't work with math. Right. But he's like or. I can put you in for a reserve contract and you can try to get active duty. It's mm. rare and it probably won't happen, but th those are your options. I said, fuck it, just put me in for the reserves. So that's how I ended up. He calls me back like probably a month later. He's like, hey, you got accepted to OCS to go as a reservist. I need you to go run a PFT. Um, Worked out the PFT. I had been drinking, so I think I ran like a for like six months straight. So I think I ran like a twenty-two minute, three mile. I always max pull-ups and sit-ups, but end up hearing that. Go to work. I'm like, hey, I'm out. I had told him I was. I had told him from the get-go. I was like, I could leave at any time. So I was just kind of there. I was living in a half-built apartment for eight hundred dollars a month because mm. it's the keys. Um, sleeping on a mattress on the floor at a hot plate for a kitchen. 
Jeez. So I just like I didn't know it was that. Uh, oh yeah, that I mean, it simple. was. It was. Uh, it was definitely uh, not the nicest digs, but whatever. <laughs> I throw all my shit in my Jeep, and I'm like, the next day I'm gone. Drive back to Columbia. Call a friend who's still in college. I'm like, hey, you got a bed? Um, he says, yeah, I got a bed. Stay with him for a month. Drive up to old Quantico, Virginia. I was like, I think class 220 or something like that. Uh, do the OCS thing for three months. I'm not going to tell OCS stories because I'm not a boot. But we'll have a, we'll have a boot episode. Yeah, I won't <laughs> be participating. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Uh, we'll, get all the, we'll get all the enlisted folk in here for boot camp stories. Yeah. I'll sit back and make fun of you guys. <laughs> um, graduated OCS. So wait, you graduated. So I went through boot camp and you graduated OCS in 2015, right? Yeah. Because I graduated, I got everything. I got done with everything. I came back. Um, I was getting on at my first sheriff's office. And you graduated. It was December. Fall, fall of fifteen. It was November, right? Was that yeah, like right November. Thanksgiving. November twenty fourth. Okay. So graduated OCS. Yeah. I had like two or three months or something where I was just kind of it was like a gap between OCS and the basic school. You had so, a three month gap. Something like that. So I just came oh. back to Columbia. They were like, "Yeah, they sent everyone back to their home recruiting offices." They like just work with your recruiter, and they kept us all on active. How borders. skate? How skate was that? Dude, he was like, he was like, come in, everyone. I might like, I think he had us run a pre OCS weekend at the Citadel, mm-hmm. and then I'd come in, <coughs> I'd come in in PT every once in a while, and that was it. Mm. So making full time pay to do almost nothing. <laughs> oh man. Um, pick up with TBS, which for those of you that aren't familiar, you go to three. Excuse me too much beer uh you go to three months of ocs six months of the basic school and then you go to your job school if you're an officer so that's the pipeline for every officer in the marine corps pick up with tbs do that thing for six three months six months it was six months i would go back to tbs tomorrow <laughs> dude it's like because they teach you everything not even that it's just like for all the guys that wanted to go infantry the field was skate it was easy. The course itself was difficult just because there's a lot of class time and it's you PT a lot, but I mean it's 300. It's the only time as an officer that you're with a lot of your peers. It's just 300 lieutenants just packed into a building. <laughs> so like the weekends if you weren't on duty was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but um captain in charge of us was a straight up war fighter like 17 year captain like oh jeez like stepping across the LOD into Iraq as a corporal like drove river boats on the Euphrates mm. like hard motherfucker and knew more about every aspect of the Marine Corps than ev- anyone that I've met to this day wow the dude was he's still in stud has he picked up major yet? Yeah, he's I had talk- he's had to or he got kicked out, right? Yeah. So I talked to actually kicked out, but just kind of yeah. So talked to him four or five months ago. So he's mm-hmm. a major now, but 
Yeah, he was. He's done like everything. He's been. I think he made it to sergeant on the enlisted side. He's been a JTAC. Like, the dude is a warfighter by definition. Yeah, that's but great. The the Marine Corps does very good at your initial training experience. Your and and other podcasts have said this before. Like, your end product. If it's an enlisted Marine or if it's a commissioned officer, that product right there is the most consistent and motivated product in all of DOD on a base level. Oh, yeah. And the reason, so the reason we're able to do combined arms so well is because everyone in the entire Marine Corps, they say every Marine's a rifleman, which is, which is bullshit. Not every, I've met some Marines that can't shoot yeah, for shit. Yeah, yeah. But... The, yeah, from, the being, point, from being a marksmanship coach, it's yeah, terrible. So every Marine's a rifleman, and then they tell us every Marine officer is a provisionary rifle platoon commander. So everyone, regardless of your job, has that same baseline knowledge. So if I'm talking to a pilot, or I'm talking to an artillery Marine, or I'm talking to a supply guy, everyone's got that same base knowledge, so everybody under, understands each yeah. other. But, yeah, six months of... TBS, and all I'd been hearing about was how hard IOC is, how hard IO Infantry Officers Course is the whole time. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. Because why not? Like, I'm, I would just spend the rest of my career wondering if I would have passed or not. Right. So I get the blessing from our captain to go to Infantry Officers Course, which felt good. So going in, so was it technically considered a reserve contract? Was it like a reserve open contract? So like compared to enlisted stuff, like how was that? So unless you're a JAG or a pilot, okay, you're going ground. You're you don't get to know what your job is. So you go to okay. OCS, and if you're not JAG or pilot, you have no idea what you're going to be. Okay. Same with you. TBS. You get your class ranking. And towards the end of TBS, you put in your wish list of your top five. Usually, and, and, you'll and, get one of them, and you'll get number four or number five. <laughs> yeah. Well, they pick so they—that's the one. So, the f number one in the class is going to get his choice. Right. Usually, it's, there's like one one human slot. Usually, number one takes that. Um, and then they stagger it by thirds. So, bottom third, the first dude is going to get his top pick. That way they have an even disbursement of talent basically throughout all the jobs. So infantry was my first choice. Ground intel was my second choice because those are the two jobs that go to infantry officers course. Right. I got my top choice because we had 35 IOC slots for our class and 25 people that wanted them. Yeah. So it worked out. Finished TBS and I've got like two days of rest time and then I start infantry officers course four tax 16 so we were a summer class okay and that bitch was hot yeah I think we started with 100 we graduated 57 whoa yeah so wow IOC unfortunately I'm not going to be like that dude that wrote the book and talk about it too yeah. much because yeah. if if you want to know about it go yeah um Infantry officers are the only ones allowed in the building. Um, and the entire point of the schoolhouse is that nobody knows about what goes on in the schoolhouse. Right. 
the idea is you're not going to know what happens when you go to war, so you don't get to know what happens when you're at school. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it was the hardest three months of my entire life. We had recon guys in my class, prior enlisted recon guys, saying they'd go back to basic reconnaissance course hmm. before they did IOC again. Jesus. Yeah, it was a break off for sure, but I'd do it again. It was fucking. Right. It, it was cool. You shoot every single weapon system, organic to a Marine Corps battalion. Uh, yeah. And then on like the illicit side, you only shoot like when I went through maybe three weapon systems. Yeah. So everyone shoots <coughs> fifty cal, two forty. Everybody shoots a live rocket. Yeah. Like yeah, everything. I dropped live mortar rounds with like a day of training. Jeez. <laughs> 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 Like n not like Cheeto, but like HE. Wow, that's some Al Qaeda shit. Yeah, you just—it's <laughs> just different different levels of trust on that side. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely different. And the instructors are the best in the Marine Corps too, so you've got that. But oh yeah, I mean we're good about making instructors. Yeah, if anything. All right, so that takes you up. So you're a fully trained second lieutenant. Mm-hmm. We're looking at end of 16. Yeah, so check in with my reserve unit. And the thing about the reserves is a lot of things get forgotten. So I had been in touch with our admin guy. I'm like, hey, it's my first drill weekend. I'll be there Thursday to check in. Like, responding to my emails, like talking to me. Show up Thursday, like all motivated in my alphas with my one little ribbon, just like boot as boot can be. <laughs> And I go up and I like knock on the HT on our home training center door. This dude comes walking. He's like, "What's going on, sir?" It's like, "I'm, I'm here to check in." Oh, I didn't know you were coming. Like, dude, I emailed you yesterday. And this is the same guy. Yeah, same guy, <laughs> same guy. I was like, dude, I emailed you like dude, yesterday. I and I staff on the reserve side. It, I don't. I will never understand them. We've got a phenomenal I and I now. Our I and I hands probably like like one of the dudes was one of my instructors at IOC. Oh wow! Like they are they're fucking yeah hot shit. But yeah. this guy was not. He was yeah. when I checked in. But yeah, so I like give him my paperwork. Paperwork. He's like, all right, you can go. I was like, that's it. Did we have drill? We had drill that weekend, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll go. Buy a hotel room and yeah. book off until tomorrow. Right. So, Jeez. drill for a little bit, and then our first sergeant now now our sergeant major, wow. which is cool. He was our first sergeant in our company. Now he's a sergeant major of our battalion. Wow. Um, just like comes to me one day, he's like, "Hey, you want to go to Georgia? Well, there's a deployment." I was like, "Georgia, the country." Yeah, Georgia, the country. Which he, I was like, "Georgia." He's like, "Yeah, Georgia, the country." I, same misunderstanding. Yeah, this way. <laughs> yeah. And like at this point, everything I owned could fit in the back of my Jeep. No girlfriend, yep. no dog, no yep. attachments. Yep. So I didn't like, I didn't even ask what the mission was or where we, I was like, I have no fucking idea where Georgia is. Let me just sign this piece of paper yeah. and let's find out. Were you worried about your civilian job at the time? I think you're, I think you're applying at a few places. Hell no, dude. <laughs> I was working like... I was working at a golf course, so I would yeah. cut grass and rake traps in the morning, and then I'd work the bar at night. Yeah. 
and like six days a week, like 10 hours a day. Yeah. So I was thrilled. Right. I was like, yes, let's fucking go. Yep. So training and advising with the Georgians for six months, which phenomenal people, if you're on vacation and you want to drink and party and have dinner. But not but be warfighters. If, <laughs> if you want somebody on your flank in a fucking firefight, I love the Georgians, but goddamn, they're frustrating. Like, never on time, chronically late, all they eat is bread and smoke cigarettes. Oh. Just, but if you go there on vacation, you'll have the time of your life. They're the friendliest people you'll ever meet, and they love Americans. Hell yeah. So, basically, <coughs> just lifted weights, drank, and played with the stray dogs on our base. Which yeah. is which where you, I got my current dog. <laughs> yeah, where you adopted one of them. Yeah. So the best thing you got was a dog. Yeah. If you're if you're still <laughs> listening at this point, puppy rescue mission is how I got my dog back. They work with just deployed people. This isn't a paid ad. I'm just they helped me get my dog. Oh, they're good. Pretty, I remember pretty going, stoked about it. I remember going to Atlanta with you to pick him up and he had it was like a full blown crate and it had all the Georgian labels on it and he had some food and water in there and he was yeah so basically they did the fundraising they ask you to put up as much money as you can they got raised a grand we did the math on our own it costs about five to get a dog back five grand okay. yeah so i'm no longer in georgia i'm back in south carolina working at the same golf course yeah yeah um so what were so you did all the training in Georgia, the country. What did you have a plan when you got back? Were you already thinking of stuff over there? Yeah, so I kind of jumped past part. I had applied with the sheriff's department I'm currently working for uh -huh. already. Gotten accepted, finished the whole application process, had my mm -hmm. meeting with the sheriff. Mm -hmm. He said, All That was right. before you went to Georgia. Correct. Okay. So he said, You're going to the police academy this date. <laughs> I was like, ah. And I had, I had. About that. I had let people know. Like, obviously, I don't have the sheriff's phone number, but like the people that had been in charge of my applications and stuff, I had been like, Hey, I'm deploying. So he was like, "You go, all right. You go to the police academy this day." I was like, "I'm leaving for Georgia in like two weeks. I'll yeah. be back." He was like, "And typical Southern sheriff." He was like, "Call us when you're when you're back." Like, you don't need like paperwork or anything. No, we trust you. Just call us when you're back. Yeah. So well, and that, um, and I think, what was, were they backed up then? Like, was there like a wait to go through? No, I had my academy day, and it was like well. Here's the thing with that. The the sheriff's office that he works for, along with some other big departments across the state, have been known to get priority and send a lot of people to the academy all at one time. Well, it makes sense. We've got a bigger area and a bigger department. We're right. obviously going to get more slots. Right, right. But I mean, you would pretty much go through a class in some of these bigger departments in South Carolina. You're looking at five, ten. Yeah. We I had, mean, I think we had four from our department. Yeah, which is small for y'all. Best sheriff in the country. He did just win. Fact. That. He now, did just yeah. win that. Didn't There's he? your little hint yeah, about where I work. That kind of gives that away. Yeah, but oh well. Um, yeah, so do my deployment. Come back. Wait like. How long were you? How long were you waiting between getting back, 
and then going to the academy. Oh, that's a whole nother fucking thing I can get into. So we'll leave that for another time because yeah. we're pretty long already. Um, Bobby, Bobby's was an hour and a half. Where we at? We're sitting at 108 right now. Yeah. I, I, sh- there's, I still got too much hate and anger about what happened after my deployment to talk about it. <laughs> okay. In 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, right. We'll just fast forward to... Fast forward past me blowing all my savings and wasting three months of my life. Give him a call, tell him I'm back. Yeah. Wait, <coughs> basically working security in the courthouse while I wait on my academy date for mm-hmm. two or three months. Go to the academy. Um, it's, normal it's experience. It's not even worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. normal experience. Yeah. It's stupid and yeah. boring, but yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, the training experience... Um, at the academy in South Carolina, it's definitely not the same as the quality training that both of us were used to from the Marine Corps. Yeah, and we'll leave it at that. Yep. But yeah, get out, get on the road, get to FTO. So, what made you go, or what made you want to be a cop? When did when did that? I was an infantry marine with a criminal justice major yeah, my like, options this just, this just makes sense <laughs> jobs weren't exactly falling from the rafters <laughs> right but no it's a it's a like-minded group of people you can have the usually, same like usually, yeah. yeah same yeah if you get if you get you can find a like-minded group of people in a mm-hmm. department right same dark sense of humor mm-hmm. same like i don't know same disdain for I guess laziness and things like that. Yeah, you can find it. Yeah, I just I couldn't be in an office. I couldn't do it. Right. We had some people that did it. Yeah, I think I think, I, all, I think all the commanders I've ever had, they were all uh, office guys. Office guys in their civilian jobs. That's a supply thing, though. Yes, big facts. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't do it, and I mean, SWAT looked fun, so yeah. So I'm on the road for, I don't know, a year yeah. before they do the first. You're in a busy, busy region. Yeah, lots so, of shootings, lots of drugs, lots of car chases, lots, so of, lots of chases. So lots of quick experience. Yeah. Um, my supervisor would equate six months in the region that I worked to two to three years in most of the other regions. This is all within the same county. Yeah, as far as critical incidents, shootings, car... I mean, we were five car chases for five nights on on my last night shift in that region. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, lots of foot chases, lots of fights, lots of shootings, that kind of thing. Like, stuff that gets your adrenaline pumping and makes you, like... And I was... It's like what makes you like it. Yeah, my squ- and my squad was like a family, so I I was at that point I was excited to go to work every day. Right. Get on the SWAT team after that. Um, start off like most teams, perimeter and support. Yeah. Um. Eventually, go to the entry screener. Get moved up after like a six month probationary period. Everyone trusted you enough. Get moved on to entry. And that's where I'm at now. Um, but because of that move, we had two entry operators on the same squad, which leaves the road short for a call-out. Mm-hmm. So I got moved to Purgatory. 
a slower a slower region just very rich affluent region where your calls are my neighbor's dog is peeing on my lawn not this guy stole my car and shot me right so yeah different different change of pace for sure so now now i live swat call to swat call (laughs) (laughs) please please look at swat call that's about all i got as far as all right so that catches us up to current day um before we close out is there anything you want to kind of add um just just i mean if it's like a little short moto speech you know you know a, a fucking adapt and overcome speech or whatever you want it like the floor is yours for this last part to kind of hit because i kind of dictated our kind of timeline there with you yeah growing up there damn you gave me no warning about this first thing i gotta say is i just got engaged and her name's wesley and she's great and she knows i'm on this podcast yeah, so that's good if i didn't give her a shout out i'd be <laughs> hey sleeping, <girl. laughs> sleeping on sleeping on the back porch <laughs> with all five of your dogs no um <laughs> yeah maybe the neighbor's dog but oh yeah no i mean you set your set your goals sometimes they don't work out exactly what as what you planned but just fucking work hard at it yeah don't be a bitch if you get turned down the first don't, time don't be a bitch i lost count of how many times i got turned down so. i didn't even know you'd been turned down that much because yeah. i kind of talked you up in the last episode where i was like kyle had the most direct path no, like double digits. You just kept, you just kept, just kept hitting the wall. Yeah, you bash your head against something enough times. You will go through it like the Kool Aid Man. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely not the most direct path. Double digits, easily. Yeah. Failures. Well, so. I mean, it was. You were still looking forward. You just weren't moving. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Fucking keep pushing, and eventually you'll get there. Right. Even if it's in the reserves. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reserves. Uh, that's. We'll have what we gotta have a boot camp, which you're not gonna participate in, but we're gonna have a boot camp episode because it's just funny. Um, we'll probably have one on just like straight failures and just keep going, um, yeah, and then some other those. some other fun topics. So, but that's what I wanted to make sure I hit on with all three of us was. How much we fail and speak. yeah, if it well, <laughs> that's where experience comes from, right? So Bob, Bobby just hopped in here for a second. Um, we're only running two mics, so if he speaks up, I'm gonna have to throw a mic at him. But um, that's one thing I wanted to make sure we hit on was, I mean, we all did these different things. We all had our different routes to college. We all had our different expectations of military service. Some of us knew from the very beginning. Some knew a little later. Um, and, and along with um, civilian public service. Um, but are you drinking a margarita right now? <laughs> just for, Tuesday, it's our, it's for our, everyone that doesn't know, it's nine fifteen on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's, our fri- it's our Friday. Night. It's our Friday night. It's our Friday night. That's what you get for running these Panama schedules. Yeah, we're the old, the old two, two, three. We're pretty much opposite. I love the Panama, dude. Well, I do not, too. It's not my Friday, but nah, you're still fine. my Tuesday. But yeah. You're fine. Every day is margarita day. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna be the. I guess that would. This will be considered the OG series. Um, from now on, we'll have. We're gonna get into some different guests. I know we have some ideas for guests. I know we want to talk to. Talk to 
our buddy John, who is uh, he's a firefighter where Bobby used to work. And what's his podcast name? Truck Company Ooh. Misfits. <clears throat> yeah, that's shout out to them, Truck Company yeah, that's Misfits. That's going to be a bunch of that's going to be a bunch of firefighter misfits. Um, so we're going to have him on. We'll probably talk about some fire stuff. We're going to start talking about some of the Second Amendment stuff that's going on. There's a lot of interesting bills and a lot of, um, I, I'm pretty sure it's all conservative states with the uh, constitutional carry and all the different variants of constitutional carry. And we can talk about that from kind of what we think about that personally and then what we think about it as an officer on the road and how it's going to impact us and some of y'all listening how it's going to impact us. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. We're going to um, we're gonna wrap this up. Just a reminder Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and our Shopify website. I got a couple hats left. I sold a bunch of them for for my last drill this past weekend. Um, So far for the podcast, we're on Google, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Apple. Obviously, Spotify and Apple are making up like 90% of the traffic. Um, So, but... Whatever application you are viewing our our content on, just make sure to like it, share it, subscribe it, give us five-star everything so we can take it to the moon. See you guys.